All culture. I, I do this for my culture. Black culture and hip hop culture. <laughs> it's Corners of the Culture. With D-Lo and KC. Appreciate you for downloading another episode of Corners of the Culture. I'm D-Lo. He's KC. Yeah. Along with Don is Dope, the Dope sir, Ones. The Dope Ones.com. We appreciate you so much uh, for being here with us. Uh, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Odyssey, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, uh, we appreciate you for downloading. We hope that you're subscribing. Also, shout out to the YouTube crowd. We started adding these videos uh, over to YouTube. So if you want to see the show in its visual form, you can always head over to youtube.com slash ESPN1320 and check out the three of us there. Uh, there's a lot uh, to talk about today. I, I do want to do this real quick. You think we left anything out of the Outcast episode last week? We got a lot of feedback yeah, on that Outcast episode. Yeah. And did we you 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 did, did we miss on some? Did we not touch on some? I got Y'all didn't talk about Bone Thugs and Harmony. You goddamn right we didn't talk about Bone Thugs and Harmony. They be making us say something about Bone. I don't want to say nothing about Bone because Bone is Bone. Is, I like Bone, but I when bone, they be like the, they should be in no, the greatest. No, they should not. Which is, like not, nah, not, not everybody can be the greatest. Exactly. Like exactly. it's a, it's a it's a short list of greatest hip hop groups of all time. Yeah. I thought you did a good. Hey, look, very short tribe. You know, and I know the roots came into this. Mm-hmm. I, like this, there's a couple you feel that you got to mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't know that the greatest conversation spans out to, outside the two groups we were talking about in Outcast and Wu Tang. We'll, they check all the boxes, man. Absolutely, they check all the boxes. And no disrespect to Bone, but they're not in the conversation. No, they're not. I like Bone. Yeah, I, Bone is Bone is a a legendary hip hop group, absolutely. That's a stretch too. No, they're legendary. They're, they're, legendary. they're not even tied. They had in. A, I feel like they had a legendary moment. They had a moment. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I feel like they, they had, had a moment. moment. Jeremy Lin had a legendary <laughs> moment too. <laughs> oh, 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 my hey, the Jeremy Lin of hip hop. They Stop might it. be. That's Damian Bar. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, oh, yeah, uh, at Damian Barley <laughs> on Twitter, I'll take the heat for that. Like they, they, they had a moment. Damn, like that's oh, it. Smoke, oh, I, home, I, look, we, we talking about what we talking about today, but I need to know what a moment is. They had about five years. No, I, no, between first of the month and then Crossroads, they had about that's, yeah. that's about three to that's five about years. Three. Yeah. I would say that's more like three. And then, I, I, and then, I, do they get the, credit? I know, I know, probably. 73% of the people don't listen to the rest of the track. but They, they don't get, get credit for that. Why not? Because that's Biggie. It's, it's their type of song. It's, it's called Notorious Stuff. That's right. And yeah. Biggie did it better than them. They get credit for that. No, they do. I gotta they get, get credit. They, get, they gotta get credit for Notorious <laughs> Stuff. They, they definitely do. That was a classic record. But again, it kind of gets into the moment category because it's around the same time. And beyond that, yeah, not a whole lot of bone no, stuff I know, popping I know, off. I know. I know. But shout out to them, man. No disrespect shout to them, but they're not Cleveland's man. finest. Shout out to Cleveland, man. Yes, Big up Cleveland, yeah. we did this for you. Shout out to Easy. Yeah, yeah no sure. doubt. That, and that's yeah. it for the love of money. That was yeah. I, if you ever talk first for, first of the love month. Love yeah, of yeah. I think I, I love that song so much because yeah. it had the easy. Uh, it has the easy um, tie in there. But we go back and we talk about you know we were talking about Outcast last week. We we're talking about Southern Playlistic. Cadillac music and, and and we've talked about ready to die and I noticed something in preparation for what we're going to talk about today and that's the impact of Nas's classic Illmatic mm. and Illmatic was dropped on April 19 1994 so this falls back into that time frame we were talking about of the chronic and and outcast and doggy style and ready to die and and now Illmatic and I feel and I think I have this in some of our podcast notes that there's probably a discussion to be had about this era of hip hop and how it launched really probably in 1992, probably with the chronic Mm -hmm. and what hip hop was seen as by the mainstream before that. Because if you remember what 1990, 1991 was, that was please hammer, don't hurt them. And to the extreme, Mm -hmm. no matter what we think about those albums today, they were labeled as the top, rap albums of the year Mm. they have been designated as two of the highest selling rap albums of all time today it's difficult to justify that music as rap music and i think there's probably a discussion to be had almost like a prelude 
to these last two episodes about what 1990 and what 1991 meant to hip hop because it's after MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice are out there in front of the world that the chronic drops. Yeah. That Illmatic drops. That Southern playlist that Cadillac music drops. That that that, that doggy style drops and it's kind of the it's almost like a reclaiming of the art form because a lot of people in hip hop thought the art form was lost when those two albums became the top selling albums in the world. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think um, those that the transition from that early, early nineties era to mid nineties was just like almost night and day. And it was almost like those, that, that string from 92 to 94, I felt like it made hip hop. It made people take hip hop seriously. You know, it wasn't just a flash in the pan thing. It wasn't just a, you know, a fad like that. Those the albums that came out in that time period, I feel like cemented the culture. And I feel like there isn't one more significant than Illmatic. Mm. I feel like Illmatic was sort of the exclamation mark in terms of what I consider like my generation's golden era. You know what I mean? Like Elmatic is it's a masterpiece. Yeah. It is a masterpiece. It is a beautifully crafted piece of art. And it sort of signifies, you know, what culturally was happening at that time, but also it signifies a a a sort of definitive moment creatively for hip hop. It wasn't just like that. It wasn't, that wasn't a commercial album. Mm -hmm. You know, that was somebody really pouring out their soul on record. That was like a, it was like an audio diary. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it stands the test of time. It's timeless. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's a masterpiece. Absolutely. Um, I want to, I'm going to talk about Elmatic, but I also got to roll back a little bit to the chronic. You talked about, MC Hammer and, and and those type of albums. The Chronic was one of the the first hip hop albums in that era that kind of changed the sound of what was going on. But it was also this is I talked about it during that episode. This is how we live in Compton. This is a day in Compton in Long Beach. Right. I'm gonna take you through a day in Compton in Long Beach. And this is how we do it. Let me ride. Nothing but a G thing. This is how we do it. And that set the 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 tone and set the standard for something like Illmatic, which took it to an because Illmatic and, and and Biggie talked about this. You talked about it, Damien. He said, I wanted to make New York's version of the chronic. Mm -hmm. That's what Illmatic was, that's what Nas I felt was trying. I'm gonna make the Queen's version of the chronic. Yeah. This is how this is life in Queens. I got, you know, my man, we on the block. I got my men, you know, that went to jail. I'm going to write them and talk to them because this this is what we do a day in the life. And uh, the Chronic and Illmatic did a great job of kind of changing that whole focus of let me take you to a day in my life. Mm -hmm. and that's what everybody in hip hop started to do. Outcast did it with Southern Playlistic and, you know, mm -hmm. people in Houston and then more back to the West Coast. And I, they let me take you to a day in the life of my neighborhood. And Elmatic was that for New York City. Absolutely. I think I think one people one one thing that we might not recognize here 30 years after the album drops, which is yes, insane to think about, yeah, is. is there was build for this album. Like there was genuine excitement for this kid from Queens. Mm -hmm. Now we judge excitement and and, and, and and groundswell because we have social media now and you can feel it and it's palpable and you can see it every day. And like leading into the release of of Kendrick, you know, and and, and, and big steppers uh, all those years. What was it, six years after Dam dropped? Like the anticipation was was massive. Uh, the anticipation for 50s debut was massive because of the starts and the stops but we can all point to websites and we all can point to gossip journalists and all of that stuff Nas was in the streets yeah like that's where the build came from the build for Illmatic came from the streets he had shown up a couple of years earlier with the live at the barbecue joint and he had the the, the, the halftime from um 
the zebra. Yeah, zebra head, the Michael Rappaport joint. Yeah. And very bizarre Michael Rappaport movie from back in the day. But Nas was on it, right? And it was a it was a, it was a hip hop based album or a hip hop based movie, so to speak. And there was buzz for this teenager from Queens to finally drop that joint. There's stories about how Russell Simmons passed on it. There's stories about how people fought for the rights to the album. Mm. And it's one of those cases where it finally drops and it doesn't disappoint. Mm. Yeah. It's a skyrocket for Nas. And yeah. the the just the the cover art has been mimicked in some way, shape, or form so many times over the years. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those, it's one of those things where if I could use a sports analogy, it's almost the LeBron James of, of hip hop. When you talk about the anticipation, when you talk about the expectations yeah. for Nas. Mm-hmm. We talk about this with Bond all the time. He he not only met all the unrealistic expectations, he exceeded them. Feels like Illmatic did the same thing. People had probably unrealistic expectations for this. What was he? Nineteen. Seventeen. Oh no. Oh, he no was, he, he, you're you're right. I think he was, he was seventeen when when halftime dropped. And, yeah. Because yeah. I I just know that because I woke up early on my born day. I'm twenty. It's a blessing. Yeah. That's just an adolescent. Yeah. So I mean this. This teenager, regardless, what a 17 teenager. Facts. They had all this expectations for him. Right. And for him to knock it out the park the way he did, uh, it feels like it's I want to say it's one on one because I feel like Kendrick kind of did the same thing, but there's only a handful of people in in the history of hip hop. Yeah, who, well it's who funny answer like this. I totally agree with you, Kenny. And it's funny you mentioned Kendrick because I consider Nas the first good kid in the mass city mm-hmm. you know what i mean because that to me that was his narrative it was a kid who was observing his neighborhood he was observing you know the other side of the world's greatest city mm-hmm. the side you don't talk about the side you don't go to 40 side yeah. of vernon yeah. and queensbridge projects the largest and most notorious housing projects mm-hmm. so he was the perfect narrator for what was going on in his neighborhood. And that's the beauty of Illmatic. Like it's so eloquent and it's so descriptive and it just puts you right there. Like it mm-hmm. takes you, like as soon as New York State of Mind comes on, mm-hmm. it puts you right there. That piano, when that shit hits, it, mm-hmm. you are in Queensbridge. Mm-hmm. And then how descriptive he is and how lyrical he is. But, you know, he was getting a lot of comparisons to Rock Him and Cool G Rap. But I feel like as great as they were, Nas possessed—I don't know—he just possessed something different, just about his cadence mm-hmm. and about his delivery. Like he wasn't lyrical for the sake of—he wasn't being overly lyrical. complex. It wasn't overly complex. Yeah. He was very deliberate in his delivery and his rhyme style and what he was saying. And even—I mean, when you think about the track listing, it's nine songs on his album in a skit in a in an intro. So it's very concise. It's very to the point and it's very deliberate, but it's just like, it's like Nas's cadence. Like, I mean, it's just, it's almost like an instrument in and of itself, Mm -hmm. but he can keep you like in the, he can keep you in the story. He can keep you in the narrative without getting lost and without it being too complex. Like you said, Damien. So it's just, you know why it's so short and it's hard to to think about this back in 94. uh It got leaked. Oh, right. It hit the streets. Absolutely. It hit the streets. I think they wanted, uh, I, man, I was, I, I, don't, I don't remember if it was 13 or 14 records or what it was, but because it got leaked, they're like, we've got to get this out yeah, yeah, yeah. or everyone's going to have it. This is the most anticipated debut album in, in years. We've got to get this out. So that's why it's only nine And songs. rumor has it, the urban legend is that Nas might have unintentionally aided in his album getting leaked because he was making dubs for his boys because mm. he was so excited about it. He was coming home from the studio. And I mind you, if you, so just the name of this episode, the, the Illmatic effect, like I feel like a part of the Illmatic effect is that not only did his album change hip hop, but a part of its significance is the fact that he handpicked like the top producers yeah. of the time. Which was different. It was very different because it was usually only one. That's right. It was was like Bomb Squad. Exactly. Yeah, it was was only one one group, one distinctive sound. And Illmatic. And Illmatic was an all star cast. Yeah. And then from then on, everybody wanted to go grab the top guys to sort of craft 
you know, a gem like that, but it just was unmatched. It just couldn't be done. The, you, you talk about um, his anticipation and, and getting it to his boys and dubbing it for all his boys. It, it reminded me as I was doing research for the album, I wondered, cause I heard the same thing and I wondered what his, um, what he felt about the album when it dropped. Did he know he had like an all timer, right. you know? Cause I think about uh nip and I don't know if you've seen the rap radar with um, Elliot Wilson mm-hmm. and where he's in the Maybach in or whatever. Back of the Maybach. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. was so excited mm-hmm. to let Elliot hear it. Cause he knew he's like, <laughs> I know what I just did. Right. Like you gotta hear this. Right. And I, and I always wondered if Nas felt the same way. And then I heard the same thing that you heard about, you know, yeah. him like getting it out to his guys and uh it felt like he did right he knew like yo i think i got did. something special right like this is this is this is better than good right you know what i mean right. like this is this is next level man and that was always fascinating i always wondered you know how he felt about the album going in. but when nip was making music you knew what a record like that meant mm-hmm. I, I like you know what that could possibly mean for you i'd argue in 1994 even if Nas had the same feeling Nipsey did, he might not have known what that meant for him. Mm. Like the whole album doesn't vary from who he is. Mm. Like, like we, we talked about the, the kids, the, 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 the kid quap, trapped in Queensbridge. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think he used that line before. Like that's what I was right. in that album was a kid trapped in Queensbridge. Yeah. And even if you know, yo, I just made the dopest album. Like what's that mean for hip hop in 1994? Does it mean you're a big star or does it mean that the streets are buzzing over this kid Nas? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, I I don't think there's a definitive, yo, I just dropped the dopest album. I'm going to be a big star is I just dropped the dopest album. The streets going to be talking about me. It It may, there may have been no correlation between money, fame, charts, nothing like that. To to be honest, maybe you guys can tell me different. He wasn't a big star after that. Like he was a hip hop star. Right. But he wasn't like this musical star, not, you know what I mean? So not. like, I don't think he became a star star till it was written dry album mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, and that's actually if I ruled the world. Yeah, like because that was the biggest song. That's when and that's really song he had done. That's when that I really point. got in the Nas when if I ruled the world came out, and mm-hmm. I really went back. Like you know, one love was on my radar. Uh, it ain't hard to tell because of the Michael Jackson sample, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until. Same. It was written hit and that I was my the world was everywhere. That was my introduction to Nas. I yeah. the world, like out here in Sacramento, being nine, listening yeah. to the radio exactly. only. See, like and, my introduction exactly. was that summer when If I Ruled the World came out, it was, it was everywhere, top seven at seven, yeah, number one, it was everywhere. all three all months yeah. in yeah. the summer. That made him a commercial artist, yeah. but even then, I feel like he still considered himself underground because. Yeah, he wasn't a big star when when Illmatic dropped. In fact, he's quoted as saying he only wanted to drop Illmatic. Mm-hmm. That was the only project he wanted to do, and it was like almost like his life's work. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what more can I offer after this? Mm-hmm. But because you know, especially you know, in New York, and, and Jay said it, you know, '94 Illmatic rocked out of every rag top. Like it was mm-hmm. just a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So it was like you gotta follow this up with something. You know what I'm saying? But I think for him, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the fame. It was about really expressing himself mm-hmm. honestly. And he had this opportunity. He was in a place, like in the right place at the right time. And then to be able to go get DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Q-Tip, mm-hmm. LES, Large Professor. Yeah. I mean, you know. And, and going like back in a to bottle. going back to it was written. And if I ruled the world, mm-hmm. with all due respect to Nas, Lauren. Lauren was the hottest oh, absolutely. thing in music at the time. Absolutely. So it was the doo-doo-doo mm, sure. that made that the, that rub, the so pop hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was an introduction to Nas. I like I got introduced to Nas and we've t- the difference between what we heard on KSFM out here and 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 all these different shows and what we heard on Rap City mm-hmm. was jarring to me. Like it was not, it it was almost a completely different genre of music mm-hmm. and that's where i first heard whose world is this yeah. and as yeah. i mean i can think of so many records that i heard for the first time on bet on rap city and getting introduced to that 
to that sound yeah. in New York. And it was Illmatic that introduced me to Wild Style. Like yeah. that's that's the album starts with the that intro, clip right. from 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 the Fab Five Freddy joint, which is still it's 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 documented as the first hip hop movie. Mm-hmm. And it it it's it, it, it's New York. Like that's like right. it's hip hop in that time where we're not talking about NWA and we're not talking right. about Bay Area. Like we're talking about that street form of expression. And looking back at that album over the last week or so, that wild style wild style intro is so telling for what's about to come. Yeah. Because that album, as we all three of us just laid out. It is the original form of hip hop. Yes. It is the street expression version of hip hop. And that intro uh, with the with the Fab Five Fetty classic movie in it, that sets the tone right. for the nine records. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why that's another reason why I think it's considered the greatest, arguably the greatest hip hop album of all time, because it's so rooted in the essence. Mm-hmm. It's so rooted in the foundation of you know, hip hop music to his core. And you can just see Nas is a student of rap. You know, this is something that, you know, it's his livelihood. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like at that time when, you know, Queensbridge, um, Queensbridge in particular needed a voice, right? Because, Nas talks about this in the documentary, um, Time is Illmatic. He was like, you know, Queens, they had they had Marley Maul, they had MC Shan, but they he, they famously battled KRS-One. Mm-hmm. And KRS-One sort of proverbially ended the bridge with the bridge is over, mm-hmm. the bridge is over, mm-hmm. but a bye-bye-bye. And after that point, there wasn't really anybody coming out of Queensbridge. There were act, there were artists, mm-hmm. but no one really was making any noise. Mm-hmm. So here's this young kid who is immensely talented, but he's in the streets. He's running around with Akinelli and you know these different guys, you know what I'm saying? And 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 MC Search from third base, white dude, white rapper, you know, really kind of discovers him and puts him on. And it's just like the rest is history. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got I got a question for both. Can I touch on that just one quick second? When you you talk about Queensbridge, it's Mm -hmm. a really small section. It is. Right. But when you I mean, Nas, like uh, Marley Marr, Roxanne Shantae, there's like some of the most iconic names in the history of hip hop are it's like I think it's like a six block area. Yeah. And you could probably name, I think Prodigy's from Queensbridge. Mm-hmm. You yeah, could well, no, name Prodigy actually isn't from Queensbridge. Havoc is though. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the point, the yeah. point being, right. You Absolutely. you could name some of the biggest names in the history of hip hop. And they're all from that Definitely. six block or whatever it is radius Absolutely. Uh, that is Queensbridge. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Casey. No, you're good. I just wanted to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna now we're gonna start potting. Okay, let's do it. I'm talking doing this it. every week, huh? <laughs> the we potting okay. segment of the let's week. Go. Um, you talk about Illmatic being the essence of hip hop. When did when did that become the essence of hip hop? Because we always talk about you see it on our on our on our uh, logo. Mm-hmm. Hip hop started at a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and now. And I want to say now, but it it turned into the hammers and the party music right. that I looked down upon in hip hop. Right. When I can make the argument, the start of hip hop was at a party. I'm not here to. I'm just. I'm just making. I asking a question. I'm here to make a point. Say Nas or these guys ain't true. I ain't saying that. Right. I'm just asking. When did that shift to true hip hop is not party no more? It's Illmatic. In your guys' opinion. Well, I think hip hop is hip hop isn't just like the party part of it. Like that's a, 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 a but that gets looked, that gets looked down upon. Don't you agree? Like if we if if a rapper makes a party record, it's like oh that ain't hip hop. That's pop. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. But if 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 I think if you if you were to create a hip hop tree. Mm-hmm. The branches would be like style, especially mm-hmm. dating back then. Graffiti, 
breakdancing and then, you know, rhymes, mm-hmm. street rhymes. And I think when you take the Illmatic album and you talk about the essence of hip hop, it's it's Nas's part in that. It's mm-hmm. just the lyrical, non-complex. He's not a gangster rapper. He's not a pimp. He's he's like none of that stuff. He's just a dude who rhymes. Yeah. He's just a dude who raps. He's just a dude who tells stories. And I think that I think the grimy sound of Illmatic gives off the early incarnations of hip hop vibes. Do you think no, the I, street version of hip hop, not the no knock, not the Sugar yeah. Hill Gang version of hip hop, yeah. not even the Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel version of hip hop, yeah. the hip hop that's not on record. Yeah. The hip hop that was in, you know, the, the, the that was on the corners of New York, right. that was the, in the clubs in New York. Yeah, that's right. let me ask both of you guys. Do you think that that shift happened with the message? What when you say the shift, shift into party? Hip hop ain't party. It's the streets. Well, I think I think that op- I think that say. opened the door. See, mm-hmm. okay, so here's my take on it. So right when Cool Herc starts spinning the brakes in the park, uh, in the Bronx. My take on it is, yeah, he was getting the party going, right? Mm-hmm. But to Damien's point, he was actually highlighting one of the elements mm-hmm. of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And it's really that element is the the break element is the, is the sampling mm-hmm. part of it, right? So you could take that, and this is just like the ingenuity of it all, the, the, how ingenious it is. So you could take that one thing, that break, and get a party going. Mm-hmm. But you can also take that break and make a beat out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's introducing one of the elements of hip-hop, but I don't think it's reducing it to being like party music. Yeah. It just so happens that shit gets the party going. But yeah. I think rap music has always been rooted in these same elements from yeah, the rhyme and the breaking, you know, the graffiti, all of it, it, it encompasses the whole culture. Yeah. And within that culture, you can do party records. You know what I'm saying? You can do, you know, a lot of different things. You can go a lot of different directions. But I think what you're saying to your point about it, the, the party music aspect of rap not feeling like real hip hop mm-hmm. is because real hip hop just and there's no said definition of it, but I think in the eyes of hip hop purists, mm-hmm. real hip hop is a reflection of where it is born from, which is the streets, which is poverty, which is, you know, black and brown struggle, like in the Bronx, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It wasn't no party and smiles. That was their outlet. That was their escape. But that doesn't represent to me. And even with even with the message, even with Grandmaster Flash, that was a, a commercialized way of giving you a gritty look at the streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in the case of an Illmatic, it's a more honest depiction of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not glossed up with you know a, a, a catchy beat or a hook. You know what I'm saying? It's really raw. Mm-hmm. And I think to a in a purist eyes, that's that's the essence of it. Mm-hmm. That is the essence. Real hip hop is such an interesting term, too, because what you just described as real hip hop is really just early hip hop. Mm. Like hip hop, like everything else, evolves. Yes. And hip hop evolved from what we what, what, what we didn't see in the streets, in the clubs to the Sugar Hill Gang and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five to Curtis Blow. Yeah. And, and and then along to, you know, Run DMC, people didn't like Run DMC. They were like, yo, dude, this is a rock record. What is this? Yeah. Like there were people who didn't like that, despite, you know, unanimous agreement that those are some of the uh, two of the illest MCs we've ever seen. Right. And there was always a DJ, a part of it. You know what I mean? But DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, ah, that's a little too soft for us. It's, right. it's the evolution mm-hmm. of of the genre. And of course, that's before. That's before it moves all the way west. Like we just stopped at Philadelphia. We didn't even get all the way to California and Los Angeles. And as we'll discuss next week, San Francisco and in 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 the Bay Area and how that sound was created. So using the term real hip hop is it, it, it you could you could you could really get in the weeds with just that phrase. I agree. But you could say that the Nas record represented early hip hop. It represented the version of hip hop that we didn't get to hear 
before the Sugar Hill Gang. It represented the version of hip hop that was in the streets. It represented, like you you mentioned, Rakim and 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 and, and Cool G Rap. You could probably go to Grandmaster Kaz. Everyone who's a part of this will tell you that he was the illest MC they've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got Nas and Nomadic on record, and oh, I think this is the illest MC I've ever heard. Yeah, that's probably where you could draw the you could draw the line to. Yeah, no, I just asked the question because I. No, he's trying to start stuff like you do every week. <laughs> I just asked the question because I personally feel the same way. I feel like Elmatic is if I can't I can't describe it. I guess that's why I was helping you guys see if I can describe what I couldn't describe at its core, mm-hmm. like hip hop. Like that is yeah. If if aliens came here today and they said, What's hip hop? I'd probably say show them Elmatic. Elmatic you know what I mean? Like it's but I can't describe how we got there, right? It's a it's a bit of an evolution. Yeah. And that's where I talk about like the start comes from not to say they were they were in the streets, like they were in the hood having a party, mm-hmm. but it was a party. Yeah. But how we got to um Illmatic being the true definition of hip hop, I was yeah. like, damn, I, I don't know. I just zoomed there, yeah. you know, like everybody else. And I was trying to figure out how did we get to it being there. Because we all kind of universally seem to agree that that's core hip hop, right? And I think I think too, um, yeah, you can't definitely get in the weeds with the with the term real hip hop, but also juxtaposed with commercially successful hip hop that becomes pop, mm-hmm. right? So it's a fine line. It's a fine like, line. You walk right. a fine line. And I really, it's okay, really so objective. I'll, it's really based on your preference or what you consider real hip hop. Was If I Ruled the World a pop record? Nah. Nah. It was just you a commercially sure? successful mm-hmm. hip hop record. So mm-hmm. pop. Because I mean, what's pop short for? Popular. Absolutely. But it, yeah. so, so if I Ruled the World yeah. was a pop record. It's so, a but, thin line, though. It's but, a thin line. But here's, here's the, here's, Here's where I think the demarcation becomes. Mm-hmm. When Nas made If I Ruled the World, he didn't say, I'm going to, at least I don't believe. He said, I'm going to make a song that's that's popular. Yeah. He said, I'm going to just make a dope record and I'm going to get Lauryn Hill on it. Yeah. And whatever ha- and if it happens to get played across the country, you that's don't not think- the essence of why I made this song. I made it because I think this shit is dope. You 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 don't think someone in his, in his in his producing camp went to him like Diddy did and said, "Hey, we got to have something for the ladies. Oh, hey, yeah. we got to have something for the radio. Hey, I know you don't like this juicy fruit beat, but mm-hmm. work with me here. Like we could get this played everywhere. You don't think someone went to him and said, "Hey, Lauren's the hottest thing. If 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 we if we work this right, we could take Nas oh, to a different a stratosphere. Without a doubt. Without, yeah, he needed that. He needed he needed that Cause because the it's like validation, honestly. When you get that radio record that's spinning, it's like, okay, I'm already locked in in the streets, but now I got the charts too. So definitely. So like Illmatic, we talked about the build to Illmatic and how you know, unless you was unless you was outside, you didn't you didn't know. Mm-hmm. You knew it was written had build. Right. Oh, they were talking about it everywhere. You yeah. were waiting and waiting and waiting for the follow up to Illmatic and. He knew he he had yeah. to deliver, and yeah. he delivered with a record that which, was played everywhere. Which goes into like pop and popular music. Mm-hmm. Like just because he's dope, he's popular, right? You know what I mean? It's right. not like he's trying to be right. Like, um, come on, man! You know what popular means, though. Yeah, but pop. I wouldn't call that a pop record. But he but, made the, so, so, a dope record with the hottest. Popular artists out. Popular, no doubt, but popular means with a different audience. That's that's ultimately what we're talking about. That's what separates pop music, and no one wants to acknowledge this, but that's what separates pop music and hip hop music. Like hip hop music now mm-hmm. is pop music. You could say whatever you want to about him lyrically or what you think of his style. Drake is a pop artist, no, hundred percent, because the white audience loves that dude. So there was a time where, you know, 106.5, the end, ain't playing Drake. Oh, now, now they're announcing the tour. <laughs> now everybody's all turned up for it because the second you become the soccer mom people, the second you can get played, uh, you know, at the, at the Rockland high school uh, soccer game, you be now, now you're accepted by the white, white audience. Now you're a pop star. Yeah. I feel like it was written 
was accepted by the white audience. And now that's how that song became yes, a pop record, appeal, which which always. So in hip hop, mm-hmm. it feels like you can't. They it feels like they don't let you be both. Once you go pop, you're a pop artist now. I think at that and that's, well, I think that's unfair. Like with with this, and that's maybe why I'm pushing back on if I rule the world so much because he didn't he didn't try to become a pop artist. It I'm, just became. I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not it just saying became he did. A popular song. I'm not saying he did. I don't think a lot of hip hop artists like we talked about Outkast last week in 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 the in the you know the comparison to the Black Eyed Peas. Mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. the Black Eyed Peas wants um, where's the love dropped mm-hmm. with Justin Timberlake? Yeah. I hated that song. Man. They, oh, that, that's a terrible take on your part. I, was, I, was, I, was, I hated that song. I, I, I remember them performing that uh, at, 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 at the Arco Arena during the, was it the Future Sex Love Tour? I can't remember, but I remember them being the opening act for that. And, and I remember when Where's the Love dropped, we were told specifically, don't say that that's Justin Timberlake on, on the hook. We want them to be able to ride this without, you know, the, 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 you know, Justin was massive at the time. It, we, we, we don't want this record being pushed as a Justin Timberlake record. We want it being pushed as a Black Eyed Peas record. But once that record dropped and they, they, be, that, that song gained the pop appeal that it did, they leaned into being a pop artist. Mm-hmm. Outcast never leaned into it. Mm-hmm. They just made records that everyone liked and everyone played. Mm-hmm. But they never leaned into being a pop artist. They, you can hear the Black Eyed Peas change their style, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I get like how hip hop feels. Oh, I want the old Black Eyed Peas back. It's, it's. I, I get that because it's a very, very completely different sound. But I made five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense. <laughs> they, <laughs> they leaned into being pop artists, whereas Outkast didn't. Nas didn't set out to make a pop record. It became one, and he never leaned into being a pop artist. Mm-hmm. He kept making records the same exact way. Exactly. Same with Drake. Drake hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Drake is the same. It's just he is universally accepted by a different audience than we generally associate with hip hop, which makes him a pop star. Right. But with Nas, it's like, it's funny. The irony is he's never had a, I don't think he's had a, a hit commercially as big as if I, I, I don't think he sense. has either. No. And that, so the reason why we had a great remix that we can't talk about, but I don't know that that was a, that wasn't a commercial hit of the same. It was a great video. We ain't going to talk about that record though. That was a, that was a nasty remix though. Yeah. Um, But like he, I feel, see, I would push back on the, on, on that record being pop only because he didn't change. I don't think, I don't feel like he compromised his sound, his approach, but but it's still popular music. But you're not hearing me though. Like it's not, it's not us. It's not even Nas to decide in that moment, I'm going to make a pop record. Right. It's the audience. No, for for sure. It's their crossover appeal. And that's it. And I think that's part of what, part of what Lauren was like. That's what Lauren Hill brought to the table because they, you know, those audiences, they might not have heard the score, they just heard killing me softly. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful voice. They didn't hear all the rhyming that she yeah. did, you know, yeah. until later. Yeah, and they then they probably didn't know she was a rapper. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and then the miseducation was just right. the the brilliant balance of singing and rapping. Yeah. Yeah. But he hasn't had commercial success like that since because is that his biggest record? That's his, I believe it's his uh, biggest record. I mean, maybe, hate maybe. Me now. Hate Me Now was hey, big, but it wasn't as big. As yeah, that. I don't think Hate Me Now was as hate big. Now it was, was big, though. Big people, man. I know <laughs> I can. Like, what I is can this? Was Puff big. Is bullshit. Right, exactly. And even that, too. Like, him him getting with Puff and doing that shit with the leather suits and the big furs and all that. Oh, I love yeah. Hate Me Now. Bro. I love Hate Me Now. Oh, it's not even... If I rule the world, it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, I know I can. Yeah. That was it. That was it. That was that was a that was a record, but it nothing nothing comes just close just that. scrolling through this is the i'm, I'm doing the kenny caraway method here trying to think major look that no, nah, nah. I'm, I'm i'm doing the kenny caraway method here of looking at a, a essentials it's not it's not close yeah like we all know one mic and ether but right. that's that wasn't those weren't hits like oh, that absolutely not. if i wrote the world traveled across the country when you like there you had to be to maybe damien's point be a, a pop song right. to travel across the country. Uh, nothing on Illmatic. Uh, I should shouldn't say this. I wasn't tapped into 
DVD at midnight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't I know what's Ebro. played out here. Ebro was dropping those joints right? At but in, when I was nine, I didn't hear Illmatic on the radio. Because By the time I was it, 11, I heard if I ruled the world did. every single every, day that was about 728 because <laughs> it was number one every day no definitely that's where that's definitely i think where most people outside of new york outside of the northeast were really introduced to nas mm -hmm. you know and i was in new york in the northeast and still my 10 year old ears weren't <laughs> privy to illmatic and all its splendor mm -hmm. right it took that commercial record for me to be like okay i'm a nas fan i gotta go back now yeah. i gotta go back yeah. to illmatic yeah. and play it from beginning to end yeah. you know what i'm saying it's, but it's it's crazy how it's crazy how raw or how unfocused on commercial success Illmatic was, yet still it was such a phenomenal, like it wasn't a sleeper, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were mm -hmm. saying, like the, the buzz was there and he delivered on that, but yeah. it was a street buzz and it delivered in the streets. Yeah. But it was really, it was, it was a phenomenal. You know, just undeniable sort of sort of wave that just hit. Yeah. Um, and now looking back, thirty years later, it only gets better with time. Mm -hmm. You know, because I don't feel like it sounds dated. I don't feel like. Um, I don't feel like like if if you introduce the if you introduce your son to Illmatic right now. I think maybe not, maybe not now, maybe in a couple of years, maybe like, you know, 13, 14, you can introduce a teenager who's a, who's a hip hop fan mm -hmm. and it will connect with them. Like, I don't feel like it's something that's so far out of reach that you can't connect with a young kid today in 2023 because it's just, it just, it still feels relevant, you know? It's, well, there's no gimmicks attached there's to There's no it. gimmicks. There's no skits. Mm -hmm. There's no bullshit on that album, yeah. you know? It's all, again, super deliberate and just so masterfully crafted that you can't deny, you know, how great, you know, a project it is. The, the influence, what's the influence of Illmatic to both of you guys? Oh, man. I think the influence of Illmatic is... It started like a wave of lyricism. Hmm. You know, I think lyricism was really like people started to lock in on, you know, who's lyrical and what that even means to be lyrical. Like you take, you know, Illmatic and you get uh, Busta Rhymes or Talib hmm. or Most. Or I mean, I feel like even Hove started to like really, you know, mm -hmm. step his his, mm -hmm. you know. So like I think the lyricism and um I think the honesty too, man. I think that just resonates. Like when like you know, Damien was saying it's no gimmicks. When 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 you have a record that is just pure, it resonates. Mm -hmm. And I think that absolutely and the fact that it was an all-star producer. Yeah situation going on that that set the precedent for that yeah. and i think the legacy of it you know it still speaks true to this day but it's funny though with the producer thing because now Nas has come full circle now he only records with hit boy mm -hmm. you know which is crazy but you know it works for him and yeah. it's a beautiful thing to see him winning grammys yeah you know still 30 years later he's still doing his thing yeah. it was just an appreciation of the lyrical content in hip-hop uh, I heard the world is yours, but I don't know that I heard Illmatic probably for till after it was written came out. So that had to have been at least two years and some change. Mm -hmm. I was buying CDs at an obnoxious rate from like 96 <laughs> to 98. So if I came across that was written and loved it, I went back and got Illmatic. Mm -hmm. And when you listen to being from California, the difference between and it's not a better or a worse, it's a difference between a two short and an E40 and, and, and Spice One and Selly Cell and all of that stuff that was out here and, and kind of hot at the time. And then getting introduced to that where the background sound is different, like the production is different, the music is different, the, the, there, there isn't that big boom, there's just this yeah. underlying mm -hmm. sound to it. You're paying attention more to the lyrical aspect of it. Um, that's what, that's what Illmatic taught me. Mm. Uh, that's what 
introduced me and I you, you you laid this out beautifully like that's what introduced me to common and to live Kawali because I started becoming more interested in what guys were saying when at, at, at first I was so enamored by the sound of hip-hop mm-hmm. the just the turn tur- turn it up with the subwoofers mm-hmm. just I just want to listen to this really loud and hear the boom and hear right. the thump and what beat does E40 have on the bumble and all of these different things that's what I wanted to hear and then a, a, as I as I got introduced with probably with Illmatic, mm-hmm. that's where I, I, I was like, yo, what did, what are they saying? Right. Like, that's what I'm interested in is what are they saying? And then when I heard, I used to love her and, and, and all that yeah. stuff. Oh man. Of course, reasonable doubt comes out a couple of years later and you get on this ride with Jay-Z and it altered my appreciation for, for music. And I, I think I'm influenced by that to this day. Because yeah. I could listen to something that has a sound to it, and I'll walk away from from it going, they didn't say shit. Yeah, I don't care. Like I don't care about a record that doesn't say anything. Same. You've got to say something to me, and I think Illmatic is the reason for that. Yeah. If you ain't telling me a story, I don't want to listen to you. Uh, both of you guys, I think, are right in that aspect. For me, I feel like from the the moment. Illmatic came out. Everybody was chasing that album until hmm, I wanted my first thought is the blueprint. But even the blueprint is kind of like I'm chasing Illmatic and I finally caught it. But that, that's like a seven, eight year period where everybody in hip hop to me was trying to chase the chase Illmatic and be like, I gotta get my Illmatic out or I got to get something as good as that or better than that. or Everybody was chasing it. Think about that today. Like we don't know what, who anybody is chasing today. Like that don't even exist. And when you talk about like chasing something, that's eight years. In that description that I just had, who was chasing one album for eight years or what album was making people chase them for eight years? Like I got to make an Illmatic. And like I said, you can get to the blueprint, and maybe it's like the blueprint matches it and is parallel with it. And then people are still trying to find, okay, I'm trying to make Illmatic and a blueprint, but Illmatic is still in that conversation. Like it changed to me, it changed everything where everybody defined their projects by if it's as good as Illmatic. So what album in this two year time frame that we talked about stands out the most then? Illmatic, Ready to Die, the Chronic or Southern Playlistic? From 92 to 94. Um, to me, it's Ready to Die. And yeah. there, there is an element of people trying to chase Ready to Die after that. Well, what was but, Ready to Die chasing? Exactly. That's my whole point. Ready to Die was trying to chase Illmatic. No, Ready, Ready to Die was, was trying to chase, to chase the, chronic. the Chronic. But I feel like I, feel like I still... Uh, you could say the chronic, not not you could say the chronic to ready to die, but I'm talking about chase the chronic. Maybe that's number one, right? Maybe that's the one everyone was trying to yeah. chase. Because going back to what we talked about, everybody was trying to give a day in their life, yeah, just like Dre did. I think Elmatic was the first one on the East Coast to do that. Well, okay, mm-hmm. I go go ahead. I feel like okay, so I, okay, so. The mark of Don true. is flustered. You got Don <laughs> nah, flustered. Nah, nah. <laughs> the mark of true greatness is when everything before you is obsolete and everything after you bears your mark. Hmm. And obviously, Chronic, Ready to Die, those albums are not obsolete by any means. But I think Illmatic, it 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 introduced something new. It 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 introduced a new texture and to your point, Kenny, about every artist after that chasing that one album. Mm-hmm. So in chronological order is the chronic and then ready to die was chasing the chronic, but Illmatic almost stands alone in the sense that I, I wouldn't even say it was a day in the life of Nas. I feel like it was his whole life. It was a diary. It was yeah. his mm-hmm. whole life. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about the, so, so the name Illmatic was one of Nas's friends, Illmatic Ice, this guy who got locked up and was the older guy who Nas admired. So he's the 
inspiration partly name inspiration and the other inspiration was Nas's best friend willie graham ill will who got killed right in front of his building mm -hmm. and so when you have these real heavy life-changing these like with this so much gravity going into a project like this you know it it just sort of is a reflection of why i feel like this album stands alone and also why that one album was being chased by so many artists you know after it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah real quick before we finish up favorite track on the album for each of you guys mine is it was between one love and new york state of mind i went with new york state of mind mm -hmm. i love new york state yeah. of mind yeah, Donnie. New york state i love mine it. is is uh is classic but mine i think it changes all the time it, it for a long time it was it ain't hard to tell because mm -hmm. i love the human nature flip mm -hmm. but if i'm being honest the the i always the the song like i feel like is a favorite of mine is always the one that i just randomly start spitting just reciting and it's it's memory lane mm -hmm. the way he comes on i rap for listeners blunt heads five ladies in prison as hennessy holders and no school niggas then i'll be dissing them <laughs> yeah man the world is yours sits high for me because it's the first one i heard but it uh it ain't hard to tell it's the one um that i ride with yeah part, part partly because of the michael jackson beat, but yeah sample. for yeah. sure uh one appearance on the record q-tip nope az that's the one yeah. your boy az it's the only appearance on Absolutely the record on life's a bitch but i consider i people always harp on the fact that there's only one feature but i consider q-tip being a feature and who else is a feature there's two other people who are technically no, features on Illmatic. Hmm. No? No. Pete Rock, mm -hmm. he does the hook on Whose World Is This? The World Is Yours. Mm -hmm. Whose World Is Pete mm -hmm. Rock singing? Mm -hmm. And then Oludara, Nas's dad, is uh, playing the horn on the mm -hmm. end of uh, Life's a Bitch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you so much for uh, tuning into this episode of Corners of the Culture. Make sure you check out thedopeones.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. Uh, share it with your friends. Post it all over uh, social media. Uh, and most importantly, make sure that you're back here next week. We're going to dive into the history of Bay Area hip-hop. Yay area. <laughs> We're going east to west next week, baby. And, man, you talk about an influence. You talk about how E-40 changed the way independent labels uh uh were were handled in the world of hip-hop you talk about influence you can't tell the story of hip-hop without telling the story of e40 mm. uh we'll get into too short and 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 everything else uh that happened it's probably a long discussion to be had about uh keith natali and kmel uh, as well and what they've meant uh, for hip-hop in general, uh, but specifically Bay Area hip-hop. So that's all here next week on Corners of the Culture. Wow.